Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's a war rapport Wednesday. Mike G, C-Dub of the War Report. Man, it's been a fun week already, gentlemen. Fun? Is that how you're characterizing it? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, we're having fun. Are we focused and having fun? Uh, it's signing day. <laughs> Happy signing day, everyone. Very signing day, man. Man, and, and Auburn's hit the ground running with everything. I know all the talk about Bo leaving and, you know, is Tank Bigsby leaving or coming back and all that stuff. It sounds like we're good there, even though nothing official, but... I mean, Auburn's already got four uh, four pretty solid players that have joined this 2022 class. I mean, the, the momentum for Brian Harson is very, very real right now. It is. I'll tell you what, a lot of the worry about this recruiting class, Zach, was way overblown. You know, people freaking out that a first-year head coach doesn't have a bunch of early commits is what I thought was just, I mean, was a lot of panic for nothing. Uh, he was not going to get a bunch of early commits. He did not have a ton of um, connections as a head coach in this region, right? And so it was going to be wait and see for a lot of players. He needed time to get through the season, uh, see where his roster pans out. Um, You know, Bo transferring opens the door for uh, some things. Tank staying changes the dynamic for some things. You know, um, there was just a lot of movement once the dust settles and players get to see who we are, then they can make a decision about if they commit. And, you know, right. based on Roger McCreary's success this year and how he performed in the system, it looks like we became an attractive spot for top defensive backs. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really excited. I, I didn't I, I didn't know how well we were going to do. I just didn't know. I just knew it wasn't going to stay down right. where it was. Right. right? right. We were always going to be late bloomers in this recruiting process. Yeah. 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 And and I do I do want to add on to that. I, sure. I think a lot of people are just used to seeing the name pop up on whatever subscription site you're looking at and some stars and getting excited over it without understanding the process behind how those names get there and those stars appear. These coaches have to recruit these kids years years in advance before they see the fruits of their labor show up on a day like signing day. And I think for this staff to come from another part of the country and have a debt period which pretty much held them back in terms of trying to make uh, grounds in terms of recruiting, Auburn was destined to start slow. And I think what has happened and what you got to hope for is a little bit of luck, Zach. You have to hope that there's some turmoil or there's some there's some turnover at other universities like LSU, right. like Florida, to catch you up. And that's exactly what has happened for this coaching staff. And here we are. Auburn is catching up with the rest of the pack. And mm. you gotta you gotta credit Harson and his staff for the hard work they've done given their late start. What do you guys think about me saying that Auburn not hiring an OC right away may have been a blessing in disguise? So Auburn's down an on-field coach, so they were able to bring a staffer on with them and put the you know extra extra feet on the ground to go recruit. And so that guy was Trevon Reed, a Louisiana native. And man, he has absolutely hit the ground running with getting NC Sledge, the the three-star defensive tackle, 
as well as uh, the, the four-star defensive back, Austin Osbury, who uh, you know had a tie to LSU being from down there. And then Jadarian Rhyme, he was committed to LSU, and they flipped him. I mean, he's getting a lot of credit for all of this. Too. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So, I mean, what a what a win for for Auburn with um with Trevon Reed. I mean, holy cow! Props to him. Yeah, you can't you cannot talk about the success they've had the last few days and not talk about the work that Trevon Reed has done. Right. So, um, I've been pretty plugged in on the back end to some of the recruiting efforts. I, I got to tell you. Um, I know these last 48 hours may have been exciting, but the next to 24 may be just as, as exciting for a lot of Auburn fans when it comes to recruiting. Those guys are doing an excellent job. I think you're right. So by the time a lot of people listen to this on Wednesday, Justin Williams is deciding between Auburn and Tennessee at 7 o'clock in the morning on his Instagram page. Um, Kelly, a defensive lineman, is picking between Auburn, Florida State, Georgia, Miami, and Florida. That's at 9 o'clock. Keontae Scott, another corner. Kind of makes you wonder, Auburn, having success at corners, do they keep that going? Or does he possibly go somewhere else? But the big one, Curtis Perry, 1 o'clock. He's announcing on CBS Sports HQ. It sounds like it's between Auburn and Alabama, but he's the guy with all of this. I mean, it could be a, end up being a good class, a top 15 class, or if they get a guy like Curtis Perry, all of a sudden everything just kind of falls into place. Yeah, Curtis. Yeah, Curtis. Come on, Curtis. <laughs> and and to me, this is when it ever when it comes down in the past few years, when it comes down to Alabama and Auburn, it was almost a foregone conclusion. If Bama wanted this kid, they were going to Bama. It was almost like Bama was actually drafting kids out of high school to come to their school if they really wanted them. So for Auburn to go toe to toe in year one for a kid that Bama actually wants, because you know, the thing they like to say is ah, Bama didn't really want them. Right. That's always or da, yeah. da, 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 da. But no, no they, they want really this want this kid. They want, they want this kid. So if <laughs> yeah. they get him, that is a huge win. And I think, I think that you have to quiet down whatever rumblings you've had about recruiting with this staff, because they've done what hasn't been done in quite some time going toe to toe and actually winning a recruiting war with Alabama in this state. Right. What do you guys think about Darius Clemens? One, the player, and two, um, the, the battle form between Auburn and, and Oregon, and also, you know, apparently Michigan is involved yeah. now as well. Great guy. Wish him well at Michigan. You think? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I, it doesn't, I think most of us have, have cooled on him. Um, it looked hopeful for, for a split second until. Out of nowhere, he was going on a trip to Michigan, and apparently it didn't snow like I hoped it would and showed him how miserable that place was. So right. He's uh, from start, Oregon. He's used to the snow. <laughs> he probably felt right at home. Probably did. Probably yeah, did. But so. uh, I, don't, I, don't see us, I don't see us landing him. But uh, Auburn is in it for Camden Brown, who a lot of people like. Similar size, talented kid. He just hasn't been on a lot of people's radars. He decommitted from Pitt. Uh, is expected to be between us and Georgia for him. Um, so I'm looking for us to address our needs. Of course, Fair is in is in is in uh, the fold as well. So right. I think we'll be fine moving forward. And I'm pretty sure we'll look towards the portal portal to address some of our wide receiver needs. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right on that. It's a war report Wednesday. Uh, in just a moment, I want to get the guys' thoughts on Austin Davis and Auburn's offensive coordinator situation. I've been telling you about prize picks for months. If you haven't signed up, I don't know what you're waiting for. In addition to college football action, prize picks makes college basketball 
even more exciting. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. And you can pick any kind of prop for any kind of player. They've got it all there based on, you know, big schools, small schools, as well as college and, and professional leagues as well. You pick two to five players, an over-under on their projections, and yeah, you kind of predict what you think they're going to do. And so um, all of the users that deposit and use our promo code, our promo code is locked on. You can receive 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. Just use that promo code locked on. Check out prizepicks.com today. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, you're running out of time, NetSuite is offering a one-of-the-kind financing program for those ready to upgrade to NetSuite.com slash NCAA. That is NetSuite.com slash NCAA. Mike G, C-Dub, what are folks missing out if they are not subscribed to The War Report? Ah, listen, we're having fun over at The War Report on YouTube, so come on over to yes. War Report Alley. Uh, become an insider, <laughs> join uh, join our community. Uh, lots of great discussion going over there. We're venturing into basketball content, so we got a game. Uh, last night we have a game last night yep. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be it's going to be lots of fun covering this team right now uh, Bruce Pearl really has something special going so right. uh, as of t- today as of watching this his suspension will be official he's back yes yeah he will be back um, I thought it was funny in the uh, pregame uh, uh, presser for this game because uh, his his son is going to be the head coach right uh, he said he called him BP he calls his dad BP sure he's like you know I got to be ready in case BP gets thrown out, man. I was, I was like, I was like, okay. Well, we know how y'all talk at Christmas. Yeah, um, but awesome. uh, yeah, I just lots of good things going over at the war, war Report right now. We're we're the hardest working content creators. No disrespect, Zach. January to July, we're bringing in you guys five to six content pieces a week, insider uh, access, and the off season. We do a lot of interviews with current staff, former players. It's going to be a fun time for the next uh, seven months. Yeah, be sure to check it out. Uh, War Report on YouTube. All right, so it seems everything but official at this point that Austin Davis, the Seattle Seahawks quarterbacks coach, will be the next offensive coordinator for the Auburn Tigers. It sounds like unofficial and informal interviews have happened between Harson and Davis, and then uh, at the point of this being released, there will also be an official and formal interview in place that has already been had. So... What do you guys think about this? What do you guys think about this decision? And, you know, it, it's a little out of the box. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it because I know very little of Davis. Um, I know who he's there's, coached. There, there's not a lot to know. That's kind of the, I mean, he's yeah. only been a coach for like two or three seasons. Right. And so it, I'm, I'm interested to see the direction of this offense and what Harson wants to do with it. Um, obviously, this signals to me that Harson plans to take a more active approach and a more active role in the offense as he should sure. uh, so that he can leave his input on the offense. The offense has offense has made some improvements in some areas, Zach, but I, I really want to see his identity. Um, and one of the things we talked about uh, once Harson got hired, we actually did a video on this. One of our more highly viewed videos is, we talked about the multiple offense and 
at times throughout the season, it looked more like Bobo's offense mm-hmm. as opposed to being this multiple offense. And so mm-hmm. I want to see Harson's identity on the offensive side of the ball. I want to see him run his offense. And if that means he has to take a more active, hands-on approach, then so be it. And he has right. a guy who can get some quality experience running a kind of a pro-style offense but different types of concepts and who can do and mesh with him re- really well. I'm all for it. And I think what people have to also keep in mind is that you know, our head coach is an offensive guy. So very rarely are you going to bring in this big name coordinator because at the end of the day, he's going to be taking orders from Harson. We saw what happened with the last guy who wanted to do things his way. So obviously this coordinator has to mesh with Harson and do what he wants to do for this offense. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you say, you know, throughout the season, it looked like Bobo's offense. Cause I think you're right. And we all kind of poked fun saying the collective. We here, Auburn people kind of poked at the, the fourth and one mentality and, you know, it's like, well, it's fourth and short all the time and you didn't run it. You know what I mean? And and the whole balanced approach and yet, you know, they're, they're, they're passing it left and right. I think that is true. I don't think Harson was, you know, misleading when he said that. I just think that's his offense and that's not what we saw this past season. And so I think he came in his first year in the SEC and he wanted to be a CEO, which I think it's a perfectly fine approach if you're him. And he saw that, okay, there's some things I need to kind of have my hand in a little bit more. And he's adjusting to it. And so he's going to get a guy that can make his quarterbacks better while he focuses probably a little bit more on the scheme and, and, you know, kind of figuring out, you know, what exactly he wants on his play sheet on every Saturday. So I like it. And you got to think, and we haven't seen Austin Davis recruit because he literally never has, but... Mm -hmm. At some point, it's either you can recruit or you can't. And if you're going to talk to quarterbacks and you can say that you helped Russell Wilson, that can't hurt. That cannot hurt you. And yeah. he's young. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which should make him more relatable to these kids. Yeah, so think. I, I think yeah. that helps as well. Hey, listen, man. How much did Trevon Reed recruit before he started? Amen, brother. Recruiting for us, yeah. man. Like, Either you, know, you got it or you don't. Yep. Right, yeah. A, a, a couple things here on this OC search. You know, so, so um, again, just what everything Caesar just said, 100%. Sure. I just want, I just want to point out that uh, because we have an offensive head coach, so we should never lack an offensive identity. Same thing with teams that have defensive head coaches. You should never lack a defensive identity. And sometimes you got to give a guy a title so you can pay him. But ultimately, this should be Harson's system. He 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 got here as a coordinator and a play caller. He he carved out a whole career and a name for himself as a coordinator and a play caller. So he has a system that has been successful at him for right. him. Right. Uh, you know, not in the SEC, but in football in general. And plenty of coaches have brought those systems in from, I mean, from other lesser conferences and found success with it here. Look, look what Urban Meyer did. He had no roots in the SEC, yeah. right? He brought his system in. A lot of people questioned, oh, can he duplicate that stuff that he did at Utah? I think Alex Smith was his quarterback at the time. And, yeah, I mean, he got them a couple titles and, you know, went on and and and, and duplicated that success again at Ohio State. So now I'm not saying that Brian Harson is going to do all that. I'm just thinking, you know, in terms of who his OC is, the name – does it matter as much to me as are you able to execute your vision of what this offense is? And are you relying 100% on some guy to bring in, bring that vision in? I don't think, I hope the latter is not the case. 
he should have a vision. We should see his vision for it. And um, he needs to sink or swim with that rather than hiring a guy to help save your save your career because he's coaches for his job this this year, whether he likes it or not. Yeah, no, he, he is. He absolutely is. And so, you know, I think he'll have the assets that he needs. Obviously, you got to figure out the whole quarterback thing. Obviously, that's important. But you got your running backs coming back. I think you have the strength of your receivers coming back. You lose Shedrick and you lose Robertson, but I think they'll make do. It appears that John Samuel Shanker is coming back for his super senior season. That's unofficial, but that seems to be the word going around. And so you've got dudes that you can rely on on offense. It's just you got to figure out your quarter, who your quarterback is, which Harson may think it's Finley. Who knows? And then also you've got you to figure out your offensive line because in the current state of the roster, the offensive line is not ready for conference play. So yeah. that's, that, that's the big question. Yeah, you know, as far as quarterback is concerned, I think that's going to be one of his biggest – that's going to be his biggest choice here. He's got to get that right this year. Mm-hmm. He does. Um, the exit of the former, I think, frees him up to really do this his way. Uh, right. So you are no longer trying to uh, – yeah, the Gus Malzahn era is now behind us. Now, yeah, yeah. now this uh, is not, Brian Harson's team. Yeah, you're not trying to bend your system around what another quarterback's, you know, Excuse bad that. habits have been oh, over yeah. the last three years. Jumping right? in. Okay. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, just you know, now it's time to just to really move on from that. If it's TJ Finley, listen, TJ's gonna get his shot here. He's got to have a good showing in the bowl game, and he's got to get something positive on tape to take into the spring for them to evaluate. If he plays poorly. He leaves the door open for either a transfer, a portal guy to come in, or you know, one of the two younger guys in Demetrius Davis or Holden Gariner, who's coming in uh, fresh off a state chi- title in Georgia. Right. So you know, everybody I think is going to get a fair shot here. Competition or true competition has to be a thing at the quarterback position in this second iteration of Brian Harson's offense, right? And so um, I'm not a big fan. Uh, super losing games at the expense of, you know, teaching guys fundamentals. Mm-hmm. At this level, you know, fundamentals need to be had developed in the offseason and ready to go game one. So, uh, you know, they, they've got – I mean, I just want to see them come out the gate. I think the, the schedule sets up a, a little good for them to figure some things out again in 2022. Right. Rolling into SEC play. Now let's get this thing moving, man. Uh it's not going to get any easier from here on out. So you put some more good stuff on tape so that your recruiting is less stressful right. in 2022 going into 2023, right? And you can we can really judge him harshly by that class. Yeah, there's no question. Right. And it, yeah. sh- it right. should be a good – I mean, the, there's so much talent in the state. I mean, that's going to be – that's going to be the big one. So, guys, uh, if folks want to support you and watch your content at the War Report, what's the best way for them to do that? Nah, man, just hit on over to YouTube. Hit that join button. Become an insider. Yeah, we're uh we're live a lot, <laughs> and uh, we're uh, collaborating with Uzac, other content creators. We appreciate our Auburn content community on the interwebs. Uh, so you can check us on every social media platform as well: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TW Report on TikTok. So go see us. We're there. We're here for you. No, and, and I want to appreciate you know of, of all the Auburn specific content creators that that go live. Y'all just throw stuff out there. So I just want to say I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we get it out here. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So thank you guys for that. It's a war rapport. Wednesday, hey, in just a second, I'll talk about last night's 
Auburn basketball game right here on Locked on Auburn. Bet Online has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues. It's March uh, to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot to bet on all sports action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. Bet online where the game starts. Also, today's show brought to you by the best tasting protein bar ever, Built Bar. You can go to Built.com to check out all their amazing flavors and different products that they have. Great for a, a quick stocking stuffer or, or something you can wrap and put under the tree, but they've got a ton of different flavors specifically for this holiday season. Check it out at built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's at built.com. All right, looking at basketball, last night's Auburn basketball action. The Tigers won 70-44 to against North Alabama. North Alabama, not a very good basketball team. And really, Auburn didn't look that good in the first half. They really, really struggled. You could tell... The energy just wasn't there. I saw some people kind of criticizing um, Stephen Pearl for that. And that may be fair. I don't don't think he had a whole lot of energy, but he's just never been in that situation before. I don't think we can really fault him for that. His role on this team so far has been, obviously, to scout and create a game plan. And he's apparently very, very good at that. So... I don't want to fault him too much. I think he did a great job. Um, Now, fortunately, that's not an issue we have to look at again. Bruce Pearl's suspension is now done. So that part of the NCAA's quote-unquote punishment um, is done, is behind us. So Bruce Pearl will return. Um, By the time you're listening to this, he's back. So obviously, um, he will be the head coach again when Auburn takes on St. Louis this Saturday. But yeah, 70-44. to Auburn was led by uh, Kessler, Walker Kessler, which is exciting. Six of eight from the floor, which you got to love because, I mean, by far the most efficient of the night outside of Devin Cambridge, who was two from two for three and four or five from the floor. Cambridge had 13 points, as did Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith, not a good game for him. Four of 15 from the floor, two of five from three. That's okay, but the four of 15, you want to see... More out of him there. Wendell Green off the bench, 12 points, but 4 of 13 from the floor. So not an efficient night from from pretty much anyone. Auburn's defense won them this basketball game. I mean, North Alabama, not a good team, but holding any team to 44 points is fantastic. But something that Auburn has to figure out about themselves is you've got to make layups and you've got to score when you're close to the basket. There were four or five on dunks, which is fine. If you're in a situation where you can attempt a dunk, you should make it. But nine of 22 on layups, that's terrible. That is absolutely terrible. And a big talking point that Lindsey and I talked about with after the game on ESPN 106.7 this past weekend was I believe Auburn was 12 of 25 on layups this past weekend against, once again, an inferior opponent. And you just look at that 9-22 and mark on layups when Auburn's close to the basket. And once conference play rolls around, is that going to get worse? The defense is going to get better. And so Auburn has to figure that out for themselves. That's something that I think should be this team's biggest concern going into conference play. At the start of the season, I would have thought the biggest concern would have been shooting from deep. But I think Auburn's fine there. 
What did they shoot from deep? They shot 36.4. They shot better from three than they did from the floor. 36.4% from behind the arc. 33.3% from everywhere. So that's something that's like, okay, that's a little bit better than I was expecting. Except Jasper was two of five. Wendell Green was three of eight. Devin Cambridge, previously mentioned, was two of two. And so it's... it's. I, I thought Auburn wouldn't have somebody step up from three... And I don't know if somebody's really stepped up to be elite, but the whole team is is kind of a threat, and they can all kind of pop from three at any moment, which is fine, which is great. And maybe when Alan Flanagan comes back, they add even more of that. But as far as attacking the basket, that's a struggle. And you have to hope that Alan Flanagan will be healthy enough when he returns to bring that to Auburn's offense. And maybe it'll kind of be contagious and set the tone for other folks. But you just look at this team, and they don't have a dude that can just take the ball from the top of the key and attack the basket and score. That is what this team is missing right now. And so you look at Alan Flanagan coming in a few weeks and say, okay, maybe he can get this team back on track. But how healthy is he going to be coming off an Achilles injury? It's probably going to take him some time to rehab and get back used to the speed of the game, especially if he's just thrusted in right at the start of conference play. That's my biggest concern is when Alan Flanagan comes back, is he going to look like the Alan Flanagan of last season? I don't know. I don't know. But that, to me, is where Jabari Smith needs to step up. And his defense has gotten so much better. He's gotten so much more comfortable with his shot and taking shots and controlling the basketball game. From you know game one of this season to now, he's matured so much. And a lot of that's just him getting comfortable. But I want to see him be comfortable attacking the basket. And that's something that Auburn's going to need to get better at over the course of this season and preferably as soon as possible. And look, we were talking about this in the Locked on Auburn Discord, but this may have been a best-case scenario for this team, and they ended up winning by plenty. The line was 29, according to betonline.ag, and Auburn won by, gosh, I stink at math. They won by 26. That was pretty close. That's a pretty close thing. So, you know, they ended up kind of doing what was expected of them as far as dominating North Alabama by the right amount. But just watching it, if they had a decent first half, I mean, this is this may be like a 40-point game <laughs> when it's all said and done. I mean, they were really, really bad in the first half. And they just needed a dude to kind of step up, and, and they didn't really do that. But I'm, I'm trying to find the numbers as far as, all right, here we go. Total rebounds here. Auburn ended up winning 50 to 40 on total rebounds, which just shows how many shots were missed. Sloppy, sloppy game. That's crazy. But in the first half, they were down with rebounds, and they were also down in offensive rebounds. North Alabama had nine offensive rebounds at halftime, and yet they only had two second-chance points, which is crazy to think about. But Auburn ended up winning... That battle, 16-10 to 10, to North Alabama, only had one offensive rebound in the second half, which is exactly what you want to see. Um, but, but all in all, I mean, this was a decent win in regards to second-half performance in this game. But against conference play, which we are so close to seeing this team, I mean, it, it's almost here. What are they going to be able to do? But th- them struggling in the first half, may open up an opportunity for Bruce Pearl to return and just get on these dudes. 
you know, we, we've talked to Zeb Jasper on the show before, and he said, you know, Bruce loves to come in and say, cool, you won, so what? You ain't won anything. And boy, can he come in and say that. He's probably talking to him right now as I record this at, at turn 10.30 on Tuesday night, right after the game ends. I think long-term, this is great. And Bine talked about this a ton in Locked on Auburn Discord throughout the game. But you want Auburn to struggle in these types of games so they can look at it, learn, and get better. Because if Auburn plays like they did tonight, especially in the first half against LSU to start conference play, that's that's not going to be good. Auburn will lose that matchup. Because LSU's playing good ball. And, you know, they're undefeated. LSU's undefeated right now. And, they, they I mean, they're just taking care of everybody that they play. Is, has their competition been great? I don't think so. But they're taking care of business. They're not playing with their food. And over the past few games, you've seen Auburn dominate teams that they should be dominating. And they didn't do that this evening. And so that's something that they've got to fix moving forward. Um, unrelated to this game, but just... Worth noting from a conference standpoint is uh, Alabama lost. Alabama lost. I mean, so many folks are saying this is like the best team ever. And um, yeah, they lost 92 to 78. They give up 92 points. Memphis had a 55 point second half. So um, you hate to see it. But at the same time, as Lindsey Crosby would say, you know what he would say. You know what he would say. So there you go. Hey, thanks for listening to today's show. Happy National Signing Day, or I guess early signing day, everyone. And tomorrow, we'll recap all of it. Auburn should be in store for a pretty good day. And depending on how the Curtis Perry thing goes, it could be a very, very great day. We'll see, and we'll recap it all tomorrow. Right here on Locked on Auburn. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.